In August of 1973, Leonard Skinner released their debut album titled Pronounced Leonard Skinner. The album featured classic hits Gimme Three Steps, Simple Man, and Freebird. It went double platinum and helped establish Leonard Skinner as one of the standard bearers of the southern rock genre. The band got its start in Jacksonville, but did you know that Skinner has a connection to the city of Sanford? You're listening to Celery City Stories, the podcast for curious people that explores the incredible history of Sanford and Seminole County, Florida, they didn't teach in school. I'm your host, Dan Ping. Thanks for joining me today. One of the reasons I started this podcast was that I'm always amazed at the number of amazing people or world events that have some sort of connection to Sanford. A good example is the episode I published recently titled, A Good Wife and a Strong Martini Helped Change History. It's about Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier in Major League Baseball. If you missed the episode, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can listen to it. Today's episode is another example. Several years ago, I was going down an internet rabbit hole about music when I came across a website about Leonard Skinner. It was created by Judy Van Zandt. Judy is the widow of Ronnie Van Zandt, the founder of the band. I was about to click away to another webpage when I read that Skinner's piano player, Billy Powell, lived in Sanford for two years. And it was two very important years. Let me tell you about him. Billy Powell was born in Corpus Christi, Texas, June 3, 1952. Billy's father, Donald, was a naval aviator. The Navy transferred Donald and his family to a base in Italy when Billy was just a toddler. In 1960, Donald would die of cancer when Billy was eight years old. Billy's mother, Marie, moved the family back to the States, where she found a job at the Jacksonville Naval Air Station. Just before Billy's freshman year in high school in 1967, his mother enrolled him into the Sanford Naval Academy, a military boarding school in Sanford that was located in the old Mayfair Hotel overlooking Lake Monroe. Billy would spend his freshman and sophomore years in Sanford before moving back to Jacksonville. It was during those two years in Sanford that Billy began taking piano lessons from a woman named Madeline Brown. At least, that was the name listed on the website created by Judy Van Zandt. Try as I might, I could not find a listing for a piano teacher named Madeline Brown in any of the old city directories. No one at the Sanford Museum had ever heard of Madeline Brown. I wrote an article about this mysterious piano teacher for my website, The Bow Key, back in 2015. Eventually, I heard from a lady named Mary Stokes. Mary had the key to unlock the identity of this Sanford piano teacher. Her name was Madeline Malam. Mary's father, Thomas W. George, was Madeline's second cousin. According to Mary, Madeline's parents were first-generation Lebanese-Americans who immigrated to Sanford in the early 1900s. They had a small market on First Street. The Malams had two children, William and Madeline. William became a lawyer, and Madeline received a full scholarship to the Juilliard School and moved to New York City to study piano. She stayed in New York for several years before returning to Sanford and began teaching piano. 
She taught generations of Sanford children to play piano from the 1940s up through the 1970s. Madeline was a strict, no-nonsense piano teacher. My friend Sarah Miller took lessons from Madeline during the early 1950s. Sarah says that Madeline always chose challenging music for her students to learn. And when it came time for the annual piano recital at the Sanford Woman's Club, you were required to memorize your recital piece. Madeline forbid her students from taking sheet music on stage. As for Billy, he continued to play piano when he left Sanford and moved back to Jacksonville. In fact, he began studying music theory at the local community college after he graduated from Bishop Kenny High School. He got a job with Leonard Skinner before the band's first record deal, not as a piano player, but as a roadie. One night before a show at the Bowles School in Jacksonville, Billy found a piano in the corner of the room and began playing it to pass the time before the concert. Ronnie Van Zant heard him playing. You mean to tell me you've been playing piano like that and you've been working for us for a year? Ronnie said to Billy, according to Judy Van Zant's website. And that's how Billy Powell became a member of Leonard Skinner. Not much is known about the time Madeline spent teaching Billy piano for two years. Madeline died in 1999 at the age of 94 and Billy died in 2009 so neither of them are around to ask. I wonder if Madeline ever realized one of her former students was a rock star. Billy was in Sanford for just two years. Would she have remembered him by the time Leonard Skinner became superstars? Madeline was in her 60s when she taught Billy. She was also a devout Catholic who played piano at All Souls Catholic Church for more than 50 years. So I don't know if she even followed the rock and roll scene during the 1970s. Whatever the case, it makes me smile to know that a classically trained piano teacher from Sanford has a connection to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It also makes me smile to know that Billy's first gigs were those piano recitals at the Sanford Woman's Club. If you were a student of Madeline's in 1967 and 1968, you shared the stage at the Woman's Club with Billy Powell, a future rock star and Hall of Fame inductee. Think about that the next time you hear the piano solo in Call Me the Breeze or any other Skinnerd song. Anyway, they didn't teach that history lesson in school, now did they? I always enjoy finding these connections to Sanford. You expect these type of stories to come out of Atlanta or Chicago or New York but you don't usually find these stories in a city the size of Sanford. Sanford has had a population of 20,000 people or less for most of its 145 years of existence. Sanford is much larger today, but it's still a small city. I look forward to telling you more of these stories, and I want you to tell me some stories. I love to tell a good story, but I also like to hear them too. Specifically, if you were a student of Madeline Malum's, I want to hear about it. What was she like as a teacher? Did you like her? What do you remember about those piano recitals at the Woman's Club? Let me know. Contact me by email at dan at celerycitystories.com. Once again, that's dan at celerycitystories.com. It's time for a couple of listener shout-outs. I want to thank Andrew for leaving a five-star review about the show. 
It simply read, Keep them coming, Dan. Short and to the point. Thanks, Andrew. Reviews give an independent podcast like mine credibility. If you like the show, please leave a review. Go to my website, CelerySitySTories.com backslash reviews. That's with an S on the end. Once again, if you want to leave a review, go to the website, CelerySitySTories.com backslash reviews. A super duper shout out to a fan. A fan who wishes to remain anonymous bought a cup of coffee. Thank you, a fan. Every cup of coffee is a donation that helps support the show. If you like Celery City Stories and you want me to keep telling them, buy me a cup of coffee. You can do so by going to the website, CeleryCityStories.com backslash support. Once you're there, click on the Buy Me a Cup of Coffee link. You can buy me one cup, two cups, 20 cups, whatever you like. Your donation is greatly appreciated and will help me continue to tell these stories. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next Thursday with another Celery City story.